0: of the sun and of the you've gathered if you didn't know already the theme of tonight's service is Yahweh your correct pronunciation of the word Yahweh my shepherd Um, once before when I preached on this theme Yahweh my shepherd or the Lord is my shepherd uh, a lady afterwards was very indignant she said I didn't like you pushing it too much like that because if the Lord's my shepherd what does that make me? Well, there you go. (laughs) The Old Testament, and for that sake, the new, abounds with reference to sheep and to shepherds. Right at the beginning of Genesis, in fact, I think it's chapter 4, we meet Abel, Abel the brother of Cain, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the land. So, also adult sheep and lambs, were often offered as sacrifices uh, in the temple and tributes to monarchs to make peace. In very great numbers, at the rebuilding of the temple, 140,000 sheep were offered in sacrifice. That's a lot of lamb, I tell you. There were an immense number in Palestine in biblical times, and sheep Uh, and lambs represented wealth. They didn't have bank accounts or stocks and shares uh, like we do, it was the sheep, the number of sheep that you had that designated you as a very wealthy person. Uh, It's a bit like uh, the monks in medieval times in this country, they kept the sheep in the north country and sold the wool abroad, uh, and so they made great fortune To build those magnificent monasteries and edifices designated to Almighty God that they did. You see the sheep in those days was not only a source of food, it was also the only source really of clothing. And so it was that very often the son of the family, or in some cases the daughter, was designated to look after the sheep. But I'm sure Uh, they oversaw the looking after of the sheep. They probably had hired hands that we heard about in that lesson tonight uh, who actually did the dirty work and slept amongst the smelly old sheep. Abel, I've already mentioned, Rachel, who married to Jacob, kept her father's sheep. So did Jacob's um, sons. You remember when Joseph went out, he had to take their lunch out. They were looking after the sheep. Moses was looking after the sheep for his father-in-law. And of course, you can work your way through the Old Testament and you'll find all these important patriarchs and their families were looking after the sheep. Just think of King David. When Samuel uh, went to anoint him as a king, his six brothers were at home and each one as they passed before him, God said, no, Samuel, this isn't the one. This isn't the one. And when they'd all gone... Samuel said, is there another? And they said, oh yes, but he's the, he's the little one. He's the smallest. He's looking after the sheep. And so Iddy came. And of course, God said, this is the one. And so Samuel anointed him. And of course, uh, he became king after King Saul. So I think I've probably laboured the point here that in biblical times, sheep were important. And so in teaching about God's way and also Jesus teaching about the kingdom of heaven and God's life Um, sheep and shepherds was a symbol uh, that he would want to use because everybody who lived then would have known how sheep were kept what shepherds did and so it was earthing the Christian message if you like when we had sermons Classes when I was in theological college in Oxford, they said, whatever you do, whenever you preach a sermon, you have to earth it. It's no earthly good talking about heavenly matters because people won't cotton on. So, as I say, it is a commodity that was used by the prophets, used by Christ himself for their teaching. And, of course, Jesus had some parables about sheep the most famous allusion of course is the 23rd psalm that we heard read this evening uh, in in Hebrew Yahweh Rohi uh, the Lord is my shepherd Uh, some people attribute it to King David others don't but whoever wrote it it's been around for a long time and it is a psalm of great consolation and it is a psalm that, if we examine it carefully, it explains and teaches us, gives us a meditation about our relationship with God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just as the shepherds provide for their sheep, they lead them to green pastures and still waters. So God is our provider. Faith and trust lead us to our own green pastures and always easy to remember when we are in, not always easy to remember when we are in the depths of despair. But that's the time when more than ever we need to listen to God because it's in those dark days that God is with us. He is there to lead us and support us. And very often, you know, in prayer, we think it's talking and telling and asking. But it's very important, listening. One of my Ash Wednesdays in college was spent with Bishop Michael Ramsey. Uh, and he led us uh, through the day. And then in the evening, after supper, we sat around in the common room and he was just sort of chatting with us and taking questions. And one of, the, one of my fellow students said, Archbishop, does praying ever get easier? He said, I'm sorry to tell you, it doesn't. In fact, he said, it gets harder. He said, now I'm an old man. He said, I'll tell you what I do. I set aside every morning 30 minutes. For 29 minutes, I just sit with my mind, my ears, and my heart open, listening to God. And then for one glorious moment, I pray. And I've always remembered that. And uh, I think it's very important uh, to do. As we prayed just before the service, I rather like the way that the person leading the prayer said, may we listen to your word, God. And it's only by listening. It's only by being quiet and listening in the stillness that we will be led by God. There was a man who went to heaven, I'm sure you know this story, and um, when uh, he got to the gates of heaven and met with Christ, Christ said, I was with you all through your life. And the man looked askance, and Jesus said, well, look down, and he saw some footprints in the sand, side by side, And then every so often, there was only one pair of footprints. And he looked at Jesus and he said, those were the terrible times in my life when you left me alone. No, he said. Those were the terrible times in your life when you didn't listen. And I carried you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The shepherd not only leads his flock... He protects his flock because shepherds in Palestine in biblical times had to deal with wild animals, lions, even bears and of course human thieves who wanted to steal sheep because they were a very valuable commodity. And so very much part of the shepherd's job was not just to lead his sheep but to protect them. Remember how Adept David was when he was faced with Goliath, with his sling and his three, five smooth stones. That was all he needed. And that was a skill, that was an art that he'd become very proficient at, looking after the sheep. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Shepherds carried a rod for beating off wild animals and they carried a staff rescuing sheep who had gone astray. Do you remember the parable of the lost sheep? A man had 100 sheep. There were 99 in the fold. But he went out and sought the lost sheep. And very often, it was that crook, that rounded bit on the end, that he could pull the sheep back from danger. I always find it interesting now that a bishop who is our shepherd our leader in Christ's name whenever he comes officially into church he still carries his shepherd's crook to remind us that Christ is there to protect us and to bring us out of danger sheep falls in those days where they took the sheep for the night were open-handed and so when the shepherd had got the sheep inside no gates he lay down across the entrance for his, to protect the sheep. That was the gate. So any sheep who were coming out, he, they'd have to walk over him and he would feel it. Any malefactors, that be it animals or humankind, coming in, he would be aware. He laid down his life for the sheep. Doesn't that ring a resonance with the second lesson tonight? where we talk about the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A reference, of course, how Christ on the cross laid down his own life for us, for our protection. Although the family member was in charge of the sheep, they must have used many hired hands. And of course, in the face of danger, It's the true shepherd, the good shepherd, that stays there. It's the hired hands that run away, that flee at the first sign of danger. A little sideline here, in many churches, they refer to their leader as a pastor. And uh, I think that's a lovely use of the pastor, the word meaning shepherd, of course. The shepherd led his sheep. Thou shalt prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's often the question people ask me because most of the uh, sentences I've used this evening are pretty self-explanatory. But thou shalt prepare a table before me in the face of my enemies. And it takes a bit of thinking about what this means. And I have Two explanations which what it might mean. The first one is this that in the old days, and even today, if we have a dispute with somebody, we, we talk of putting our cards on the table. We come to the table to settle a dispute, and that's very much how they worked in the ancient days. And so I think when the psalmist wrote those lines, Thou shalt prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you will give me some thoughts, some way of smoothing uh, ruffled feathers, if you like, some way of preparing a way forward with my enemies. Some people say it refers to the idea of inviting your enemy round to a meal to discuss things that you don't agree with, So the idea of preparing a table before me is preparing a feast or a meal, if you like, so where you can uh, call somebody to the table, somebody who's your enemy, to negotiate, to lead us in this negotiation. One last thought that struck me when over the week uh, I've been thinking about this. When the Christ child was born... The very first people who went to see him were the shepherds. Those humble men, the humblest of human beings. It was they that went and first encountered the Christ child. So any time that you're asked about what does Christianity mean to you, or not even asked, even think in your own mind, What am I about being a Christian? What's my relationship with God? Read the 23rd Psalm verse by verse. Read it. Think on it. And listen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me Beside the still waters. And now let us affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
1: Let us pray. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Lord, thank you that you give us everything we need. We pray for our world, for those who do not have enough to eat, clean water, sanitation and shelter. Lord, you've given us this beautiful earth. Help us to share its resources more fairly and not to ruin it with climate change and other results of man's greed. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Lord, help us to be content with where you have led us to at this point. Help us to trust that we are where you want us to be, and not always be trying to go back or worrying about the future. As we look at the turmoil in our country and government, help us to be aware of your leading and that our relationship with you is more important and valuable than what any election or referendum decides. Help us to show others the hope we have. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Give wisdom to our Queen, church leaders and government. May they all act justly, love mercy and walk humbly with you, our God. He restores my soul. We pray for the persecuted church throughout the world the courage and faith of Christians who know that you really are all-sufficient, whether as isolated secret believers or in prison. We pray especially for prisoners and their families, that they would know your presence above all things and would be able to take shelter in you. Lord, we pray for Christians who've been falsely accused or imprisoned without charge, that you would bring justice into their situation and hasten their release. We pray for Christians in China, where there is a new wave of oppression. Strengthen the church leaders to continue to proclaim your word boldly. We thank you for the many thousands of people who are coming to faith there, despite knowing the cost of following Jesus. We pray for foreign missionaries working in China, that they may find favor with the authorities and be able to continue to work there. And we pray for those who cannot stay, that you would open up new avenues for them in bringing the gospel to all peoples. (coughs) Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Lord, sometimes we have to face illness, bereavement, and dark times of depression. Help us not to be afraid. We often ask you to take these trials away, but if that is not your will, make us aware of your presence with us every step of the way. But you are also a God who loves to heal, and we pray for all those who are ill that your hand would be stretched out to heal them by your power and by the knowledge and skill you give to doctors and nurses. We pray for those suffering from mental health problems, often so invisible and difficult to admit to and share. Help us to empathise with and support them. And may they and us be able to say with David, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen.
0: So let us stand for the words of peace. The disciples were gathered together in an upper room. and Jesus came among them and said,